Today, we speak with the Executive Director of Government Affairs for an organization that has 26 affiliated state associations representing 30 soybean producing states. Stay tuned as we learn about their advocacy efforts for more than 500,000 soybean farmers. Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. Welcome to the Voices in Advocacy podcast, and I hope you're enjoying season four. I'm Roger Rickard, president and founder of Voices in Advocacy, where we work with organizations to inspire, educate, engage, and activate your supporters by turning them into effective, influential advocates. And this is the podcast dedicated to the art of advocacy. This podcast is for the people that work and engage in advocacy efforts for their organizations, be they corporations, associations, trade organizations, and nonprofit cause groups. Now, let's get started. On today's show, we speak with Christy Seifert, the Executive Director of Government Affairs for the American Soybean Association. In this role, Christy leads the American Soybean Association's Washington, D.C. office, where she directs and implements policy strategy and manages policy staff. Now, prior to joining ASA in 2019, she held roles in both the private sector and federal government related to public policy and agriculture. Christy is a congressional staff, served as a congressional staff on Capitol Hill for nearly 13 years before joining the private sector. This included roles with the U.S. Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry, and the U.S. House Committee on Agriculture, as well as for members of the Georgia congressional delegation. She has a degree in agriculture and food science from the University of Georgia, where she was honored with the UGA Alumni Association's 40 Under 40 Award in 2012 and the UGA College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences Young Alumni Achievement Award in 2011. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Christy Seifert to today's show. Welcome, Christy. Roger, thank you so much for allowing me to join your program. I appreciate it. Well, it's going to be a pleasure. You know, it reminded me that you were one of 40 under 40. I'm one 50 over 50. And I think that's just a lie. But, you know, (laughs) hey, we all have to deal with that in life, don't we? That's right. Hey, I'm glad I earned those young alumni awards, too, when I was younger. (laughs) That has changed. So for the audience, Christy and I met briefly this year at the Winter Soy Summit for the Iowa Soybean Association, where I was speaking on advocacy, engagement, and activation. So they walk their walk and talk their talk. So let's start with, why is advocacy engagement in the public policy arena so important for soybean farmers across the country? I'll tell you very simply, if if we're not telling our story, the other side is. And it is so important that we have a presence here in our nation's capital. There are so many headwinds facing farmers 
on any given day. And for us to help advance priority issues on needs, on concerns for our soybean farmers across primarily that 30 state growing region, um, it is it's really just a, a really important, I think, um, opportunity for them to share our, their message through us. And often they do that directly themselves too. That grassroots engagement is so, so important. You know, it, it reminded me when you started to, that if you don't have a seat at the table, the old saying, you're on the menu. You're on the menu. You're Absolutely. right. So you brought up storytelling and is personal storytelling really important to your grassroots advocacy message? Oh, I think so. You know, um, several of us on, on my team here in D.C. Uh, have ag backgrounds. And so for us, it's very natural to share um, how important farmers are and uh, the investments that they make, the risks that they take, and uh, just how, how important it is that farmers are represented and um, their policy initiatives are advanced. Um, it, is, it is equally important, I think, in addition to us having that direct engagement and storytelling background, that our farmers do that as well. I have found, I think probably many others uh, in, in ag policy would agree, the best storytellers are our farmers themselves. Uh, they can carry the messages so well to Capitol Hill, and it's very easy to, to equip them with the high-level talking points and ask them to plug in, share that, um, the the story that they have, the personal stories that they have, it truly enhances the message and, and policymakers want to hear from them. Well, absolutely. And how it directly affects their farm and their family and their region and the ability to grow their product and, uh, and provide that to the American, in fact, the world. Uh, so are you in a position where you have to recruit farmers or do farmers just naturally step forward to be those grassroots advocates? Oh, I think it's a little bit of both. We are very fortunate to have um, a sizable board of directors um, across our state affiliate, uh, 26 state affiliates that you mentioned, and they are frequently offering to step up and share their message with, uh, with policymakers. And then sometimes we're encouraging that because we might be aware of um, opportunities. Uh, we use, as many others do, the action alert feature of um, sharing backgrounders on an issue and why timely engagement is so important. Um, and then there are other opportunities such as hosting policymakers for farm visits to help educate um, on specific issues and um, just the farm operation itself and build those relationships. Um, those Farm visits are very helpful, um, as with anyone else, any other citizen, having that opportunity to participate in town hall meetings that policymakers host throughout their districts and states. We encourage that level of participation with our farmers and board members as well. Uh, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a couple things there. First of all, the farm, the, the, the site visit of the farm is is absolutely uh, vitally important. And then you brought up town halls. Are you finding that there are less and less town halls and engagement or 
in your particular regions, are there more? You know, um, it's election season. So I think uh, we see policymakers going out to the states and districts just as frequently as they perhaps used to, but that often happens in election years more so. Um, so town halls, you know, great opportunity to engage. Um, as I mentioned, the farm visits, having that opportunity to share your story directly on your own operation where you have a comfort level. Um, sometimes those are just, I don't know, maybe maybe less uh, overwhelming than doing that within the halls of Congress or you know a more time sensitive um, meeting that is happening in Washington D.C. Sometimes those farm vis visits are just kind of more casual opportunities to do that and get to know um, members. So those are helpful. We actually have um, coming up here in July. We have um, a hill visit day that we're working to plan for um, our farmers and states as well. So we are very excited about having them come to D.C. spending the day up here. Um, we have a hill reception, so it's really good to see the hill opening up more and more and having that opportunity for interaction with staff, with policymakers, with other folks who are advocating for agriculture that may not necessarily be in the soy family. So, so you bring up those hill visits, the fly-in uh, of people coming to D.C., what are some of the differences that happened prior to COVID as compared to what you were restricted to do now on the Hill? Has it changed much? It has, um, you know, I think back to um, the, the, more of the um, the COVID time period when the Hill was largely closed and we had to get creative about our engagement and interaction with the Hill because the needs, the headwinds didn't stop. Right. <laughs> they shifted, but um, we had to shift too um, in, in our approach. And so I think uh, we involved our farmers in storytelling in a little different way um, in that time. We actually worked to gather videos from farmers um, of planting season. We also did this at harvest season um, during really the height of COVID. Um, and our communications team, uh, fantastic team, they did a really nice job of marrying those videos uh, and photos with our key messages. And we promoted those through social media and um, we promoted those as a government affairs team across the hill. So even though um, perhaps farm visits weren't as easy or town halls during that time, um, you know, we were able to bring the farm to DC. And that was really, really exciting for folks to see this planting and harvest season, season occurring in their home states in many cases. Well, and you could, uh, to your point, uh, you know, the headwinds didn't change and you still had to get your message out. Um, so ASA, ASA has many leadership development programs like uh, Leadership at Its Best, Soybean Leadership Academy, Young Leader Program, uh, the Ag Voices of the Future. Do any of these programs have components that assist your members to become even more effective and influential advocates. They do. And Roger, I think one of the great memories I have when I went to my first ASA board meeting, um, our, our 
president at the time asked folks in the room to raise their hand or stand up if they had ever participated in a young leader program. And I think two thirds of the room stood up. It was quite the, just the incredible um, visible uh, level of interest and um, success in those types of programs that encourage leadership, that help cultivate communication skills, that um, also provide a foundation for um, lob lobbying and advocacy and working uh, to, to promote uh, your message uh, on Capitol Hill or with your policymakers. So I think so. these are so, so valuable and uh, we appreciate the folks who sponsor those programs and help us make these possible. Uh, encouraging younger generations I'm a firm believer in that. Um, as someone who uh, first interned on the Hill uh, and had great mentors and encouragers along the way, um, the, the ability to do that for others and help grow, grow talent and grow confidence is, is, is extremely um, exciting to be a part of that in folks' lives. Yeah, and it can really affect and change uh, a young person's life. And I want to compliment the people in the agriculture industry in general because you folks do an incredible, incredible job of reaching out to your young leaders and getting them engaged and getting them involved. And in fact, I don't see another industry that does near the good job that you folks do in reaching those people. And it's really important because I also believe that this generation that's coming up, the new generation, they wanna be involved, they wanna be engaged. We see that in other efforts that, that are out there. And I think it's it's uh, very commendable on the on behalf of ASA to have those programs and to create that influence at an early age. So you mentioned town halls, you mentioned your fly-in, you mentioned site visits. Are there different ways other than those that you advocate to try to engage with policymakers? Or, or I mean, I'm sure those are the three the three-legged stool that really stands solidly for you. Grassroots engagement, the, the points that you just touched on, those are very valuable for our advocacy efforts. Um, other, we have many other tools that we employ as a government affairs team, and uh, we are in frequent communication with our members uh, for transparency, for buy-in, to make uh, sure that um, they know we're working for them and that we have the necessary sign-off and approval of them. And what I'm talking about primarily is related to letters. A really great way to share your story um, with policymakers uh, in on Capitol Hill, but also the administration, uh, is through letters, conveying your story, um, your message through letters and written communication. Um, and so we we. Uh, we view letters as an opportunity. We view um, social media as an opportunity. Uh, so I mentioned the, the kind of grassroots campaigns that we utilize throughout the height of COVID. Um, social media is still a very powerful tool and great way to reach people with uh, some of the good things, some of the good things that we're working on as ASA. Um, you know, we have a very strong government affairs team as well as strong board members. And so getting folks out and doing public speaking, you and I met when we were 
doing public speaking in Iowa. So um, getting out and about, um, I think there's great value in doing that in person. Um, and that includes um, audiences that, that policymakers and others may be at or hear about. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure that you listen very carefully to how members are telling you things are affecting them. So what are what is maybe top of mind for your members when it comes to the issues that are affecting them right now? There are there are many, and um, I, I think um, I failed to mention the importance of coalitions. Coalitions are another very valuable tool for us in in sharing a message or you know um, engaging in advocacy. One, um, one really great example of coalition activity is related to tax. Um, last year, we, uh, we had uh, to engage at a high level, along with many others in agriculture, to prevent harmful farm tax changes from being incorporated into law um, to pay for some other funding needs. Uh, and I think that was just a tremendous um, example of the, the power of unity, the power of coalitions uh, in protecting agriculture against harmful legislation, but those are also used for um, promoting good legislation as well. And one of those right now, we have um, an action alert out with our members right now is uh, related to the biodiesel tax credit, extending that when it expires at the end of this year. So our advocacy tools can be used um, to protect as well as promote um, different legislative initiatives, all very important. Um, but as we think about our, our farm bill priorities, they, or excuse me, our ASA priorities, they fall primarily in three areas. One of those being the farm economy, um, all encompassing there almost, um, but farm economy, including the 2023 Farm Bill that is ahead of us, um, including climate and sustainability, conservation, um, the protection of biotech and crop protection tools that are so necessary for farmers to produce a crop every year. Um, there's been concern, a lot of concern this year about supply chain challenges, um, the impact that's had on fertilizer availability and cost. Um, as you heard in Iowa um, during our discussion back in January, um, as well as some, some other um, steps that the administration can take or um, not take related to certain crop protection tools um, that can help or hurt farmers. So that's kind of that farm economy bucket. Another area is markets. Farmers have to have markets for our crop. Um, uh, over 50% of the soybean crop is exported every year. We have 87 million acres of soy that were planted last year. Um, and you know, half of that crop was exported, at least half of that crop was exported. So trade and markets, incredibly valuable for our producers, as are other markets like biodiesel, biofuels, uh, livestock and aquaculture uh, for our meal component of the soybean, uh, but also bio-based products. So markets, another area that's very important. And then the third area is that movement of soy to or from market, meaning um, 
waterways are very important to the soy family, uh, as are other modes of transportation. So the infrastructure bill, bipartisan infrastructure bill, we were very proud to support that and engage on um, that bill that was signed into law last year. Um, we also want to make sure we are continuing to see investments in our waterways and um, other infrastructure, um, including broadband. So we have a number of priorities we are promoting within each of those three areas. Um, there's always something, always something very important going on here in our in our DC office to try and promote soy priorities. So, so when you began that discussion, you talked about the importance of, of the coalitions and your ability to actually build a bigger pie, if you will, uh, by, by, by sharing the load uh, of the issues that matter to you. So become Swami or get out your crystal ball and tell me what are going to be the biggest challenges, let's say, five or 10 years down the road. That's a very good question. I think five years from now, um, we actually, we were, we were writing our strategic plan last year and I was on the strategic plan committee and uh, we, we were kind of given the lay of the land. I remember for um, what the, you know, what, what is the scenario we are dealing with right now? And it was challenges in trade. It was making sure we're keeping markets open. It was uh, challenges to our, our, crop production tools. Um, and, you know, when I looked at that, um, I remember commenting, we have just described the scenario now that we're still going to have um, five years from now, 10 years from now. So I don't know that our challenges are going to change that much. Um, I think they will remain um, in those areas of farm economy, markets, and transportation infrastructure are going to be critically important in the future. Uh, but we have to be nimble, too. And the supply chain challenges truly showed that, whether that was the fertilizer um, impact uh, and, and farmers texting us daily with what their quotes were for fertilizer prices year over year, um, whether that is, you know, the, the supply chain challenges that came just in a variety of ways. Uh, uh, you know, there are just, there are a number of challenges now that um, maybe we'll just have to continue to be nimble on in the future to ensure that our farmers are well represented. Well, and, and transportation and markets, they have been an issue in the farming industry since day one. Yes. Pretty much, you know, yes. except, except for when we all farmed our own little plots for ourselves. Uh, uh, other than that. So what is the first thing that comes to mind when I just throw the word out advocacy? The first word that comes to mind when you throw out the word advocacy is uh, promoting your position or sharing your story. Absolutely. That's great. So what are the biggest challenges that you have in your job? finding enough time in the day. It is, it's really hard to prioritize when everything is a priority, right? And so um, I, I'm very, very blessed with a very capable staff, 
eager to serve soybean growers every day. I'm so fortunate. Um, just very good people. And uh, whether that's my government affairs team or the communications team um, and others throughout the organization who uh, support us and help us, um, that is, that's extremely helpful. Um, there's never enough time in the day to get all that we need to do done. Um, but I'm also very blessed with a a highly engaged group of board members and states. We had uh, one of our state staff uh, from North Dakota actually stop by before we jumped on uh, together today. And to have folks come to town and stop in and uh, understand or share with us so we better understand what is happening in their states, they're sharing their story with us helps us share our story with the Hill. And so uh, being armed with information um, is, is critically important for what it is that we do. And so um, in addition to the ongoing advocacy work that we do around the priorities I share, uh, we are also doing our best to engage in a high level of member services. We want to be responsive to our board members and our farmers and our states, and we, we prioritize that. We, we're, we, we're more effective lobbyists when we are armed with their information. Absolutely. So the, the, the challenge always seems to be bandwidth. The list of things to do gets longer and the time of the day gets, it gets shorter, huh? Yes, I believe so. Um, you know, I had a, um, as, as I look ahead at, at this week, you know, we, we start each week with a staff meeting and go through um, our priority items for the week as, as most organizations I expect do. Um, and then about midweek, you reassess and realize, oh my goodness, we actually have more. <laughs> and that's Sometimes that blows thing. up, huh? That's a good thing, though. You know, I, I really uh, have encouraged our team ever since day one to have a value add approach um, with everyone that we work with, whether that is our policymakers on the Hill or our uh, friends of soy who are not directly in the soy family, um, with our board members, with each other to be as supportive and collaborative as we all can. Christy, time flies, particularly when I have someone as articulate as you conveying uh, the desires and wishes and, and work ethic uh, of the American soybean farmer and, and your organization. Any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add? You know, I, I think I would just share, um, you know, I've, I've always taken the approach in any job I've ever had on the hill, off the hill, my, my entire time in D.C. Um, of, of learning, listening, contributing as much as I can in any uh, environment, any opportunity, any role that I have. And um, I think that would be um, it's a it's a, an idea, a concept that I think anyone can adopt and take, especially as it relates to advocacy. I think um, it's really important for folks to um, always listen, always learn, always contribute um, in, you know, in society. And, and I think that that's uh, something that's that's really empowered me 
to represent farmers well. Um, I'm a farmer's daughter, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm honored every day that I get to work in agriculture, ag policy, and, and share a farmer's story on the Hill and with other audiences. And um, just, I, I thank the American Soybean Association and our many, many, many farmers across the country who entrust us to deliver their message uh, in, in an advocacy capacity. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, I carry the passion of wanting to make people become more effective, influential advocates uh, for their cause because I, I, I love to see them see that their efforts mean something because there's a lot of distrust in government and there's a lot of distrust in the people that do make our policy. And when, when people can actually see that there are people that care that want to try to do the right thing, that want to try to figure out what the right thing is and how to communicate that. Um, I think that's a great civics lesson for our country. How can, how can people reach American Soybean Association for more information? Uh, go to our website, soygrowers.com. And we are also all over social media. Um, so Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, you'll find ASA and hope that you like what you see. I'm sure that they will. Well, that's a wrap up of today's fantastic conversation with Christy Seifert, Executive Director of Government Affairs at the American Soybean Association. Thank you, Christy, for being on the show today and all the best in your advocacy efforts down the road. Let's face it, today's advocacy arena is just plain noisy. Organizations are stretched. You need every advantage to make sure your issue gets the attention it deserves and your voice heard. The RAP Index is the best way to do just that by finding your stakeholders' relationships and engagement power. Get past the noise. Know who your people know. Go to rapindex.com. That's R-A-P-Index.com and tell them Roger sent you for a special offer. If you like today's podcast, head over to where you find your podcasts and subscribe to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. A big thank you to today's guest. I appreciate your time and the unwavering passion for advocacy you have. Well, that's it for this episode of Voices in Advocacy. Remember, you have the power to be an effective, influential advocate. Now go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you joining us again next week. To learn more about Voices in Advocacy, go to our website, voicesinadvocacy.com.